We're hanging out with Isaac, an IT professional who's seen some otherworldly tech. Did it beep? Did it boop? Where did it come from? And where did it go? These and other technical revelations in the episode you're about to hear. Tonight we are here with Isaac. Isaac, how are things where you are? Uh, things are great here. Yeah, it's really beautiful outside. We've got a second wind to our sort of summer, I guess, in the in the beginning of fall. And so, um, yeah, it's, just, it's a fantastic day. It is so beautiful, right? You got to love those long summery days in fall. I just like eat them up because I desperately don't want the summer to be over. Summer is my time. Yeah, I ended up actually on a rooftop patio last night, which is not something I usually expect to do in October. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Isaac, I think our listeners might be interested. Um, what do you do for a living? Tell us about yourself. Okay. Um, so I I currently work IT. Um, I support all of the technology in a kind of medium-sized um marketing agency, uh, some brand development. Um, there's a couple offices in, in America that I actually support. We've got, you know, we're, we're here and there in the big cities oh, um, cool. and Portland too, which I don't know if Portland's a big city, but sure it is it's a big city in my heart. <laughs> big enough. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's what I do for a living. And then, um, you know, I spend, uh, some of my time volunteering for social justice organizations. That's awesome. You sound like a busy guy. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what do you do for fun, though? Like, do you get fun time? I, yeah, and for fun, what I do is I I plan to play, um, to, like, hang out and play video games at home. I just never get the time to do it. But my <laughs> the fun is, is pretending that I'll do that. So I'll, like, read up and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to, this is a cool game. And then, like, you know, maybe if I'm lucky a year and a half later, I'll play it for, like, 10 minutes. So you're very into fantasy, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's great. I have been getting into board games lately. I've been forcing um, forcing these times in my schedule to play mm. sort of um, what I like is these cooperative, like in just intensely um, overcomplicated board games. Um, that's, <laughs> that's my thing. Like, you know, like an hour and a half of setup, you know. Like to that's, set up? <laughs> yeah, well, it's exaggeration. 45 minutes of setup. And then the game takes how long? The game takes, you know, if if I could get enough people to to play it regularly, it would it would probably be an hour and a half or two. But since um, we play infrequently, it's it's like three hours per per game. You should try it sometimes. It's fun. That's like a Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> yeah. The, well, late, the latest one I've been playing is The Thing, which is a pretty new game. Ooh, but it's it's a I've seen that one by Mondo. Yeah, it's an adaptation of the movie. It looks rad. It's so good. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, paranoia and gaslighting and, and just like um, animosity between friends. And so if you just want to destroy your friendships, you know, um, in a couple hours, like it's a great option. Yeah. How does it work? What's, how do you play the game? So essentially, 
Oh, no, please. Um, one person starts off. Um, so, you, okay, group of people. Uh, it says, f- I think, four to eight players, but, it, it, you know, the more, the more the merrier. This game, I think, only really is really great with like six to eight people. And one person will start off infected and the others are not, but nobody knows except for yourself. You know, if you're, you, if you are yourself and, uh, collectively you work to, uh, you know, the premise of the movie is that they're in our, in Arctica and they suspect one of them has been, uh, you know, doppelganged, if that's a verb. Um, I think it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is somebody has been doppelganged perhaps, and they're suspicious of that. And they spend the whole time, um, kind of trying to search the facility to find, to find the thing, this alien thing. And so in the game, you're, you're searching the facility, trying to find the thing and destroy it. In the meantime, one of you is also part of this, this enemy um, mm. thing. And then uh, as the game progresses, you, uh, you have these, uh, these times when other people may become infected. So, so by the end of the game, it's possible that two or three people are going, you know, by the end of the game, definitely two people will be infected possibly. Mm. Um, it reminds me of a game we played at my summer camp called Poison Ivy. You know, oh. a little less intense, but it was like people infecting each other <laughs> with Poison Ivy. You had this like secret handshake. And if you were Poison Ivy, you would give it to someone else. And then you had to like die a dramatic death. I don't know why we played this at a church camp, but we did. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I don't know. Intense. Every instance of Poison Ivy I ever got was at camp. So every instance I've had was deadly. Uh, False. <laughs> well i don't know poison ivy sounds rad but i'm much more interested in the concept of alien movie what's your favorite alien movie you know um, it's funny because we were just talking about so previously i i had been thinking about this and i had a quick answer and i'll go back to that because that's my answer but now that we've been talking about the thing i almost want to say the thing but um (laughs) (laughs) but i'd really i'd honestly um you know, uh, alien panic aside, you know, I, I think on, on the larger scale, I'm an optimist and I like contact. Oh. Contact has always been my go-to. Nice. Yeah. How many times do you think you've watched it? Probably 11, 12 times, I think. You got it on VHS? <laughs> no, I, I, I have it these days, but yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I took that as a serious question. I was like, no, no, I don't. Um, uh, no. I, I I have been seeing it. It actually airs theatrically in Portland uh, pretty pretty frequently, but I do have a, a another copy of it on DVD right now. So it's a classic. It is. Is there a character in that film you identify with? And they, I guess, the character could be human, alien, or anywhere in between. Oh, you know, oh, that's great because I, it, you know, it's gonna. If I answer this, I'll sound probably like some kind of. Um, egomaniac or something like that but the alien you know it's not because the alien is so like all like powerful and seemingly um it's not omniscient but but anyways that's not how i identify with the alien but the alien um seems to i think like me have a have a broad and optimistic perspective that uh i like to try to to work towards at least um i would say that or also i mean uh the doctor whose name I'm not remembering is played by Jodie Foster in the movie. Both sound awesome. Yeah. But why didn't they call the movie The Optimistic Alien? Right? That's great. I don't think that would sell um, as many maybe tickets. Maybe that's like a foreign, that could have been one of the like international releases because <laughs> they do that stuff. Yes. What if I chose Gary Busey's character as my favorite character? He's- <laughs> there is never anything wrong with Gary Busey's character. Uh, 
<laughs> he's like a nut. He's like a religious nut that sabotages the whole thing. Yeah, I um, mean, I guess his person in the movie, like, but Gary Busey, I mean, national treasure. Yeah, of course, of course, absolutely, yeah. This is why my favorite Alien movie is actually a classic as well. It's a Christmas classic um, called Jingle All the Way, um, featuring Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, who has to be an alien. Um, but <laughs> you gotta love it. <laughs> you do. My favorite Alien movie is also a Christmas movie. It's called Ernest Saves Christmas. And actually, there oh, are a ton that's my of favorite. There are a ton of aliens in that movie for sure. Not just made up ones. Whatever you were trying to say, Adam. Erica, <laughs> we have never watched this movie together. <laughs> It's your you've favorite? Never watched, you've never watched that with- oh. No, I've never seen this. I had no idea they were aliens. Main plot point. I do a screening every year, just so you know. Okay, it's <laughs> good to know. It's good to know. It's good to Watch. know, Vern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, obviously we're asking about aliens for a reason. And I guess I was about to say that, at least looking at my notes here, your story has to do with aliens, but I'm I'm not so sure. So I'm going to have you tell that story and maybe you could just start by setting the scene for us. Where were you? How old were you? What did it look like in your world? Okay. So this would have been, so I was, I was, I want to say that I was probably around 10 years old at this point in time. Actually, I can do the math on this. I was in fourth grade. I was probably nine years old and I was in the yard with my brother um and we lived out uh, not too far from here but we were out in the, we were out in the country um where i grew up and it must have been summer or fall because it was getting later it wasn't dark out yet but it was getting later and we were outside you know and i remember we we were not bundled up in any way so so it must have been you know fair weather season and <clears throat> And it was, uh, you know, nice blue sky um, day. And my brother and I, uh, who knows what we'd been playing. We were, um, you know, we, we played together because there weren't a lot of people around, but we also, you know, we're older brother and younger brother. And so also a lot of like, you know, bullying and animosity. Um, and it just, who knows what we're doing if we were picking on each other or something. But suddenly, the, what, it, this is my recollection is that the sky, the the majority of the sky, I want to say like like a third of the visible sky was covered uh, by this object that just seemed to sort of like appear. And I remember seeing, you know, lights and and strange little, uh, you know, patterns and doodads on the, on the bottom of this thing. And my brother and I um, both uh, feeling pretty shocked by this thing. It just sort of like stopped and slowed and just sort of slowed over us. And I also remember, I very much remember this at the time thinking when I would describe it, you know, very soon afterwards um, of its length in football fields, because I don't know why that's like all of our uh, standard measurements for like, uh, you know, like still human approachable, but nearly incomprehensible kind of distances, you know, yeah, it's like football fields. Um, yeah. It's, it's the big thing that we have in common, I guess. So I remember thinking of it in terms of, of like, you know, bigger than a, a couple of football fields is what it seemed like. We didn't, couldn't tell you what the height was, you know, where it was at. Um, and then it, who knows how long that lasted, you know, probably just long enough to sort of get, get this impression. And then it just, you know, flash, flashed out. And wow. 
but yeah, my brother and I were just like in, in awe and, um, and ran inside, uh, to tell my mom and here's, um, you know, it's, it's hard for me to tell this story without coming in, uh, you know, from, from now, from perspective, uh, current perspective, because memory is such a, you know, it's an interesting thing. It's kind of, it's kind of a, a slippery beast. Totally. Yeah. And I've since gotten some of this from briefly talking with, you know, my, my brother or my mother, but that's, you know, this story is going to start to spider web when I get into that stuff. But anyways, purportedly I went in and talked to my mother and she had the, um, the wherewithal to separate us and then ask us each separately about this instance. Right. And I found this out by asking her recently, I had just sort of had this recollection of this, this thing. And I was like, Hey ma, you know, what, do you remember this thing happening? Cause I thought, did I make this up? You know? And, um, and she was like, no, that happened. And then I separated you and Brandon and I, and I asked you each separately what the, um, what your stories were and, and they matched up and, and that was really wild. And I thought, wow, that's, wow. I guess, well, that's, you know, I trust my mom's memory, uh, more than I, my own at the age of nine. So, so anyhow, um, that was about what the instance was. Um, I don't have a whole lot more detailed. It was, it's just, again, the memory of it is, is those images. Uh, at the time I remember being like thoroughly excited and, uh, I talked to people about it for a while. Uh, but I have no idea why, uh, I even got over it, but I did probably not too long after that. Wow. Um, yeah. Right. That's incredible. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It was pretty wild. No fear. No, no, I was always excited about, I, I had spent my youth um, before and after that really excited about, about contact with aliens and my, you know, that's probably again, why I love the movie contact. Right. Um, I'm optimistic about that sort of a thing. Um, I've always been excited about um, different things and different people, you know, and things that I don't understand. Um, I try to keep an open mind about it. And I think even when I was young, that was a, you know, I thought, oh, you know, if the, if, if, if they're coming, like, we'll sort it out, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. What do you think it was that you saw and has your idea of what it was changed ever? Or do you still kind of have the same category for it as you did the very day it happened? So there's, I have two completely divergent like paths. It's very um, dualistic, my under, my thinking of this, right? So if I'm going to describe what it was, what the concept was, as far as what I experienced then, um, it was a, it was a freaking alien spaceship, you know, like a, like from space. Sure. And that is in my mind what that was. And there's no doubt about that, but also in retrospect, um, you know, I'm a extremely skeptical person. I, I, um, I believe in, you know, compiling evidence. I, I also understand having read and studied things, you know, some things here and there as a lay person, you know, a lot of Oliver Sacks, you know, talking about, um, mm. yeah, yeah. You know, he, his exploration of human mind and perception and, um, you know, what constitutes our realities is, is really interesting. And, and he's got a lot of scientific research that, that really does open up um, the possibility of like, our, you know, experiential or even, or remembered realities um, being questionable. Uh, so 
I, I hold these two things in mind where, where in one, like that was the experience that I recall having. And if you were asking about that, like it was a flipping alien spaceship going over us and my brother saw it too. And my mom asked us about it, you know, and I recently talked to my brother briefly and said, Hey, do you remember this thing? And he got really excited and was like, Oh yeah. And, um, we didn't go into it that, that much. Though. I don't know why, like maybe we should sit down and talk about it for like an hour sometime. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Like, what did your brother think about this? Because, because you know, it's interesting. You have the two sort of dualistic um, thoughts mm-hmm. about what it could have been, but you've got corroboration, seemingly, right? Like, did your did your yeah. how did your brother feel? I mean, at that moment in time, um, as well as maybe now, but but more so back then. Like, what was his initial experience of it? What did he think about it? Right. So I, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question, right? And I can't suppose because I don't remember. Um, besides excitement, you know, and and we're young, and and we. Um, sometimes would play, you know, games together and make believe games and stuff. And so it's a little hard for me to, to, um, but in my mind, you know, there's this and then there's those, there's no, you know, like I never have, there's no other instance in my mind where it's like, Oh, we were, you know, playing a game and, um, and I was nine. So it wasn't like I was, you know, even if we were playing a game, I wasn't like seeing things. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, all of these things lead to this sort of like foggy and nebulous. Um, I don't know. Has he said the words freaking alien spaceship? <laughs> I don't think he said freaking, but he, um, <laughs> I'm almost positive. Uh, we, you know, we could go back to him as a source that his understanding of it was, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that his understanding of it was that we saw an alien spaceship, you know, mm-hmm. he, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, yeah, like cast any aspersions on him. He's a smart guy. He's, sure. you know, he's, um, he's an engineer. He's an engin- engineering minded person, but also um, I'm not sure if he is as, and I don't say this in a way that I mean as an insult, but I'm not sure if he's as skeptical as I am mm. maybe in that experience and maybe in general, mm. but, but that's not true because there's certainly, th- I mean, he's, yeah, he's skeptical about things. So I don't know. Okay. Well, it's interesting that you're now highlighting your skepticism because at the (laughs) beginning of our conversation, you identified yourself as an optimist. And I guess you can probably be both of those things, but talk to us a little bit about how you're able to negotiate that. Sure. Sure. So, uh, I think that being skeptical and optimistic are not necessarily, um, mutually exclusive. I think that, being being optimistic means that I hold hope for things. Um, being skeptical doesn't mean that I don't hold hope for things. It simply means that I I take everything and I will. I like to question it and I like to test it and I like to see, and I like to see you know results. And to be honest, like I think there's plenty of evidence in this world um, if we're talking about people. Uh, human behavior, animal behavior, you know, all, all kinds of like life behavior. There's plenty of evidence that, that I think convinces me to be optimistic, you, you know, mm. um, for billions of years, uh, life on this planet has, in addition to, you know, eating each other and, and stealing each other's resources has also like things have, you know, life has worked together to make things better and to perfect itself and, and the things around it. And yeah, mm. it seems, seems possible. seems like good, good things can come. And where does that skepticism come in? In in my story? In this story? Yeah, or like just in general in the way you approach the world. Right, right. So where does that skepticism come in in, in general in the world? So yeah, my, I just just about anything that I hear these days, you know, we in the the world of information that we live in right now, it, there's a lot out there. 
And I like to hope and think that everybody's becoming more skeptical because if you, if you weren't right now, it's like, you've got uh, myriad realities, like opposing, like violently opposed realities to, to choose from. I mean, you know, there's been plenty of options for a while, you know, wars have been fought over, over conflicting realities for quite a while, mm-hmm. but um, now it just seems like this explosion of um, sort of niche ideas that are accessible by anybody. And, and if you don't hold any of this stuff up to skepticism, like at this point in time, literally everything, like if you go to, the, <laughs> if I go to the grocery store, you know, and I see something that markets itself in a certain way, you know, I'm liable to do, you know, two minutes of research to be like, is this really a green product? You know, like, is, is, <laughs> yeah, is sure. this really, is this really as healthy as it seems? Or is this, uh, where is it, where was it made? What country of origin is it? You know, and then what, and then, you know, what, how are people being treated in that? Everything like that. Yes. Mm. And an art teacher in, uh, in community college, I don't have a lot of education, but I did a little bit. And I just remember him, you know, putting it succinctly once where he was like, everything is political. And, um, and I was in the class with a bunch of, uh, you know, it's kind of empty nest moms and stuff. And I remember a lot of them being like, well, I just wanted to, you know, paint a picture of the McDonald's logo. And he's like, well, that's political. And they're like, what? <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and it, and it is, it totally is, you know? So that's, there's skepticism there. There's skepticism in, in science. You know, I've, uh, that's like the scientific method is to be skeptical of everything. You know, even these days when we, when we, you know, try to think about, scientific theories as facts it's like those things are still contested um Mm -hmm. you know clearly they clearly they they've taken us far and they've taught us a lot but but uh you know every 10 or 20 years i mean everything's getting upended regularly um (laughs) and it doesn't mean that we need to sit here and be like well this is bs because it's going to be different later it's it's the stepping stones on the way to understanding yeah that was a rant. (laughs) It wasn't a rant i asked you because i wanted to just know a little bit about how you approach the world. And if I had to sum all that up, you could correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I would say you have an open heart and a critical eye. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll take that. (laughs) That sounds like a greeting card. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of skeptics, I'm curious here. Um, Mm -hmm. You've got you and your brother who very closest to the event, um, but you immediately went in and talked to your mom. Mm-hmm. Was she skeptical? What did she say? Do you remember what she said? She wasn't skeptical. She was, so she was skeptical. So I'm sorry, the definition of skepticism, I just kind of like, uh, I kind of shat on it just a moment ago. Um, <laughs> she was skeptical. Uh, she, the fact that she took my brother and I apart and asked us about these instances separately, it was, first of all, like I was it kind of, when I asked my mom about this, when I say recently, it was sometime in the last six years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it kind of, it really impressed me that she had the wherewithal to do that. And, and I love my mom and she's, she's very, um, she's very cool. She's very smart. She's a very loving person. She's also very optimistic, I think, and open, um, hearted. Uh, and I don't think about her skepticism a lot or savvy a lot. Um, although she's clearly got it. Uh, she, you know, was raised religious. I mean, I guess I was too, but um, you know, Lutheran and I don't feel like it was particularly strict. You know, I had a, I had a pastor here introduced me, introduced me to Nietzsche and stuff <laughs> like we were, you know, it's pretty, pretty cool, <laughs> pretty laid back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but, but I, you know, when I was a kid, like my, my mom didn't want me to play magic cards cause those were like satanic, you know? 
And most of the books that I read that were fantasy, you know, I, I would hide. Um, and she wasn't prying into my life, but if she ever like openly just found out that something was happening, it, it worried her because she, I think she lived in a, lived in a world of demons, you know, of like where demons are real and things like that. And um, it's a specific brand, you know what I mean? Like Judeo-Christian demons yeah. and, um, and the, like the devil walks and things like that, which, um, which is a whole nother story, you know, and a whole nother kind of paranormal. Certainly. But she... Yeah. Yeah. And she bought, she, um, you know, historically has bought into those things. And I think there's a lot of factors I'm not going to go into that, that affect that. But, uh, so, so I never thought of her as a really skeptical person, but she is, you know, we're all complicated. We can all have, you know, um, compartmentalize all kinds of things and stuff. Um, she didn't, uh, I, I don't think she treated this instance as if it flew in the face of the doctrine of her you know, religiousness. She doesn't seem like an outward, like an outwardly religious person either. So I don't really know exactly how that affects her life. Mm. But yeah, she was, I don't know. She seemed interested in it and, and it seemed to, be, you know, believe what we said we saw. Mm. Was there anyone else that you told about this? Did you brag about it on the playground? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I, um, at that point in my life, I don't think I was like really outgoing. I had, a, I had a lot of friends that I just kind of, I just wasn't really trying to get out there too much, but I, one of my, what do I would say? One of my best friends, um, my fourth grade teacher, um, <laughs> one of my best friends, <laughs> right? Yeah. And his, and his son, and his sons too. Um, but, uh, but more than more him, cause he, I really looked up to him and I still do today. He, and he also went to me, he also went to my church too, which is it's a coincidence, but, um, he, uh, was a science writer and had written books on, you know, various, you know, types of physics and uh, lightning, like, you know, these kind of youth oriented books that were also just science. So all about lightning, you know, different types of lightning, how it worked with this and that. Um, and I thought it was really cool that he was a published author. Also, he, you know, was just I had already was just so interested in natural sciences and in science and in just the observable world around me. And he was all about it. He made us, um, you know, part of our fourth grade uh, curriculum was that we learned 60 bird calls that we'd memorized and the birds and all about them. Uh, in addition to just these really fun, you know, science experiments and facts all the time. So he was actually right. He was compiling information to write a book about like, Parent, extraterrestrial paranormal experiences of sorts. I don't know, remember how he worded it. So it's a, it seems like a strange coincidence, but we had yeah, a, we what had a, a great coincidence, right? <laughs> it seemed like, um, yeah, definitely. I didn't think about it at the time. It just, that's how life was, you know, you're a kid and it's kind of like a dream. It's like, Oh, and then so-and-so showed up. And then, so <laughs> you told him, I did tell him. Um, and I remember being at, you know, there were sleep-ins sometimes where like, uh, you know, hundred, 200 kids from, from school would go and have a slumber party. You know, and oh, they'd yeah. have like, mm -hmm. you know, popcorn and, and maybe a movie or something like that and in the gym, you know, and it's me and his kids and him. And, and we stood up all night talking about this because he was like, Hey, I want to, I want to ask you about this. And like, my sons are really interested in this too. And they were, I, you know, I think one might've been a year older and one a year younger than me or something like that. But, um, and I, it, the thing is, it's, it's so distanced now. It's like, I don't know how I could regale them with as much, you know, most of what I talk about now is my perspective and insight on it. You know, this, mm -hmm. the details of the story, you know, even with, with, um, f you know, fully, fully colored are, you know, a 30 second story. But, um, but at the time I, I probably had more, uh, more content, you know, more, more, more recollection of it and probably had more to talk about for all I know, because I, I remember talking to him about it like all night long. So, but I don't know what I said. 
Yeah, it's kind of like you go back. I don't know if you ever kept a journal or a diary or something like that. And I'm like, I captured such detail, things that I either vaguely remember or don't remember at all. And it's like yeah, right. accessing a part of my brain that I don't have any longer. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. AOL history and chat. <laughs> when you talk about the fungibility of memory, right? You'd think like you see an alien. Wouldn't that be something that you remember completely forever? Adam, he never like, saw an alien. Well, you see an alien craft or object. whatever, an object that seems to, like, like it's amazing what our, what our brains do and what you just end up remembering or not remembering. I can think of tons of things yeah. in my mind that I would think were major, would have been major transformative experiences, but I get reminded of them at some point now and I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot that that even happened. So it's totally understandable to me that you wouldn't remember, you know, the details of the markings on the ship or something like that, you know, <laughs> like, like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. No, you're totally right. But, but, but then again, but then as you're saying though, like, I don't remember the rest of that summer or any of the context of my life at that point, other mm-hmm. than the fact that I was in that grade because I still had that teacher, right? That's how I, that's yeah. the only mm-hmm. connection I have to the time of my life that it was other than I was a kid, you know, but that's just most of my memories from my youth are like, oh, I was a kid. I don't, you know, can I, if I'm, if I'm lucky, I can tie it to like the teacher I had then. But other than that, it's not like I was like, as a kid, I wasn't like, it's, it's 1989, you know, like I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sitting there thinking about like what year it was and what the political climate was and all these other things that we tie things to now. It was just, um, I was in the yard, you know, which I was every flipping day of every year of my life for like, you know, like 10 years. <laughs> and so, you know, what else do I, what else do I tie it to? But, but so in the, in the context of our memories and everything, it's like, there's all this chunk of, I don't remember any of the other stuff happening in my life, but I remember a flipping, a flipping spaceship happening, you know, <laughs> like that stuck, that did stick with me. I might not remember the details, but I did not forget that I saw a spaceship. Would you say that it, did you say that it shaped your childhood in any way other than just like, oh yeah, I saw a spaceship once? Like, like did this impact you going forward? Did it like it, put it in the shade? <laughs> right. No, that's interesting. Um, that's a good question. And and actually I've only really thought about that right now as you're saying it. And and I think that it could have done a couple of things. I think it could have made me more skeptical. Um I feel I feel mm-hmm. like um you know, I think skepticism, I, I, I feel a, a proud of my skepticism. I think that I have a healthy amount of it, you know, and I, and I feel like that's a defining characteristic of, of me and my way that I interact with the world. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, also my curiosity maybe, but I, but I don't know. I think I was always curious, but who knows? It could have, it could have all just been um, amplified after that point uh, because that was a pretty significant event. You know, it seemed like it. What an interesting twist that right. the the seemingly paranormal encounter actually turned you more skeptical, potentially. Like, I love that. Like, that's just the way. <laughs> I love that. I have no evidence. I have no, I have zero evidence. You know, my evidence sure. is my testimony, which is like um, questionable uh, to myself even. And my brother's testimony, which I haven't really like wrung out of him um, in detail, uh, you know, I've got nothing to show for it. I, I, you know, we lived in the country, but I had neighbors, you know, I didn't have a lot of neighbors, but I had neighbors, 
Mm. If it, you know, it took up a third of the sky. You know, can I? I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna go into uh, my subtle and possible debunkings of myself here. Um, <laughs> it, if it took up a third of the sky, you know, I did. Why did nobody else see this thing? It did. It wasn't there for long. It's pretty. It's plausible that nobody was outside right then. I mean, in that area. Um, but you know, it would have been visible to. I don't know. I could make up a number right now that seems accurate. Not a. It was pr- not a hugely populated town that um, as much as space as I thought it was taking up and the height that it was at, you know, that would be visible from a lot of areas, at least as a, as a thing in the sky that a couple thousand people lived within eyesight of this thing, you know, um, even if it was like somewhat distant eyesight. So hmm. it, it could go either way. You know, you could, you could, you could convince me that nobody would have been looking um, at that moment out of a thousand people in a pretty spread out area. Or you could also, I could also just say like, Oh, come on. Somebody would have seen it, you know? So it's, it's really so easy to be skeptical. There's, there's nothing in my mind that is just like, you know, the best thing I have is that my brother said he saw it too, but you know, but it's, I mean, how much is that worth? Well, okay. Here's a question I'm wondering, where does the impulse come from to need to corroborate it? Why isn't the memory enough? I don't need this to be resolved. So I, I actually, in that question, I might, I might just answer with that. Like, I actually don't need it to be resolved. Um, mm. The mystery of it is actually interesting. And it is maybe more valuable. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's a pretty valuable experience as it is. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that, at least if it happened to me, I would love kind of just wondering about it and thinking about it. But, yeah, you know, there are, our witness testimonies for all kinds of horrible stuff, you know, and Mm. that is necessary in law and reporting and all kinds of things. I don't quite know where I'm going with this, but in those cases, it seems more urgent to be able to prove it. And in this case, you're kind of free of that. I've got, so I've got some thoughts on that. If we can kind of go into a tangent related to this. So like our current, um, political and uh, just social climate is I think deeply tied to this sort of phenomena and just the, and just the idea of, you know, corroboration, eyewitness um, as evidence, things like that. Um, you know, we just had, uh, and, and I don't want my attitude towards this, my attitude towards this incident in my life does not reflect how I feel about the value of, of such testimony in other mm-hmm. cases and at large. And mm-hmm. I want to, I want to state that clearly because we just had an instance um, where, you know, a Supreme court justice was confirmed despite a very plausible testimony by people who accused him of, of, you know, sexual assault. Um, the same with our president, extremely plausible. We convict people on far less evidence regularly. All you need are witnesses, you know, credible witnesses. And it happens all the time. And, 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 and frankly, you know, when, when investigation is, is, is done appropriately and you find people are credible, like that's legit. That's, we need that. Um, cause you're, we don't have recordings of everything. We just don't, we don't have, we don't have the solid evidence of everything. And so we do have, we do have, you know, trust that we establish amongst ourselves. And we have ways of doing that within a pretty, a pretty like valuable amount of credulity. So I don't, 
apply that, that like I recognize that and I, and in that respect, it's like, if this were whether or not I'd seen this thing had happened was like a matter of, of vital importance to like lives in right now, I would be like, well, yeah, that happened. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't sure. really argue about it too much yeah. more, to be honest, if that were the case. But as it is, it's like, um, you know, it's not, it, it's, it's got a different value. It's got a, a value in which it, in which I, I get to explore it and, and mm-hmm. figure out like what really is happening here. Does that, I don't know if that even makes sense. That was another rant. That's great. I don't think of it as a rant. It's a beautiful answer. Okay. Um, I appreciate you articulating that because it's what I was kind of thinking too, is like you have the freedom to just right. daydream about it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and part of me, and there is that duality. Like part of me is like, uh, well, that happened, you know, when I was maybe, and maybe this was after that point, um, you know, but I'd always had this idea like, oh, uh, I, I, I kind of remember, actually, I do remember, I, I say kind of almost because it's kind of embarrassing, but whatever, I'll talk about it. Like I remember, you know, cause I was raised in the Lutheran church. And so I actually, you know, I pray going to sleep sometimes. And the interesting thing about it is like what the stuff I would pray about. And I pray about really weird things like um, that were not necessary, that were probably not things that like the church would have been like, Hey, pray for this. And I would be like, um, I remember weird things like, you know, I hope um, that the, the devil, uh, you know, really comes to some good understanding and learns and becomes a better person, you know, or like, <laughs> or, 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 or I hope it, right. Isn't that weird? And, or, but I think that that is actually like the kind of person that I am today. Um, mm. Although I still want to just act, work towards justice. I still kind of just hope that like everybody just kind of comes around. But, um, but I also remember pr- like just being like, uh, you know, I hope aliens come by and, and take me and show me some stuff, you know? And to this day, <laughs> I'm not going to pray for that because that's a whole nother thing that I'm not really, you know, like I'm skeptical. Uh, <laughs> it's like highly skeptical, but, um, but just like, you know, entertaining the idea of something being really interesting. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be, uh, I have anxiety now that I never had as a kid. So there's a good chance I just have a heart attack instead of embracing it. But ideologically, I think that would be pretty sweet to like, just go up in a spaceship and, you know, have some people show you some like a really rad perspective on the world. <laughs> totally. Right? I was actually going to ask you <laughs> yeah. that question. Like if you were searching <laughs> for another experience, like um, if the mystery is enough for you from the past, or if it's one of those things where like, oh, I would just love to see it one more time just to validate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll give that, I'll give that like, um, so we've got a very limited amount of things we can do and things to spend our time with here on earth mm-hmm. and day to day. And there's so much right now going on like tangibly. And there's so many things that I can try to get involved in that to be like, frankly, I I'm inefficient with my time because I want to do too many things, but, um, but I don't, I don't have the time to do Like I said earlier, like even play a video game or whatever, because I'm not, managing all that stuff quite right. Um, and I, and I don't spend any time actively searching for the, to, to sort this mystery or, or to contact it again, whatever that means. Right. I don't spend any time actively doing that, but in the vastness of the mind and in my dreams and in, in like uh, fleeting thoughts here and there, like, Oh, it's absolutely like a great, like, that's, that's great. That's cool. I, I would be super um, into the idea of that, of that happening. Mm. Mm. like like reestablishing connection with with a thing that frankly I just don't know I don't know if it's there I don't know if it's real I don't know if I've seen it I don't know if I've met it I might have 
Um, but, uh, you know, okay. Like I've got, I've got bigger fish to fry right here, but if that, if that happened, you know, mm. I'd be, I'd be pretty interested. Yeah. What an incredible story. I love the sort of uncertainty that you maintain through all of it. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing it and, you know, being vulnerable with us and, and going into such detail around, I, I feel like I learned so much about you in this. Yeah, um, the way you tell the probably, story, yeah. you create even like a hazy atmosphere as I'm like establishing the camera shots in my mind. <laughs> well, that was fun. Yeah, this, this talk was so much fun for us. And uh, if you see another one, let me know. I will, yeah. Although if I see another one, the hope is that I'm hitching a ride. So Right, <laughs> right. See. Shoot us a text from wherever you end up. <laughs> Pick me up, please. Unless it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you I'll let you know. And maybe we'll talk about it. You know, I do have other experiences we can talk about some other time too. That was just fun. <gasps> well, Fantastic. We'll have to have you back. Yeah. Skeptical of all of them, but hey, they're here. <laughs> that's that's so. great. Well, thanks so much, Isaac. Have talk a great to you afternoon. Later. Yeah, thank you for having me. Take care. Erica, would you call yourself a skeptic? Have you heard me on this show? I'm willing to believe and entertain pretty much anything anybody tells me. And <laughs> I'm super willing to hear out all of our guests. Yeah, I guess, I guess that tracks. I don't know though. I don't think being willing to entertain ideas means you're not a skeptic. Isaac uses a very particular meaning for that word, right? Where you just hold everything that you encounter up to an honest account. I don't think that's necessarily in conflict with, you know, your thoughts around just listening to people's stories. <laughs> Isaac is so philosophical and his view of the situation always includes such, I don't know, a depth and, and richness of self-reflection. And his belief in what happened is always in flux. He's willing to change his mind based on, you know, if the information changes, donning a skeptic hat sometimes, but, you know, not others. You know, a large collection of large many types of hats. Of hats. <laughs> yeah, but that's why it's so interesting to me that even though he seemingly has this corroboration from two people, his brother and his yeah, mother, both of, them. both of them, he still doesn't feel comfortable saying that this situation was anything out of the ordinary. I mean, I don't know. Would you believe something just because your sister saw it? Probably. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'd at least want to get to the bottom of it with her. Wouldn't you? Of course I trust my sister, but no, because <laughs> I always just think of her as my double or like a version of myself or an extension of myself. And if I'm deluded, then my sister is probably deluded too. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. Outside of photographic or, you know, video evidence that let's say you could prove that that wasn't tampered with. Outside of those things, to me, multiple people experiencing the exact same thing is about as close to proof as you can get. Listeners, what do you think? Have you had a shared experience that somehow you still couldn't believe? Let us know on Twitter at NPN Podcast and with the hashtag RealWeird. As always, make sure to subscribe to our weekly show on your favorite podcast purveyors or at our website, npnpodcast.com. And be sure to join us next week for the season finale. It's going to be super awesome. It's going to be a special one. See you there. Can't wait. Normal Paranormal is a super secret club production. Our theme music is by The Envy Core. Visit our website, npnpodcast.com, or our Twitter, at npnpodcast, 
for updates and the latest episodes.